How do we reconcile with our losses in life? With an aging body, with the inevitability of death, disappointment in relationships, career failures, loss of social status, regrets, and accept ourselves as we are with unrealized dreams? Will regular meditation make the path to reconciliation easier? Dr. Ara Holan, founder of Arkham Meditation, a non-directive form of meditation that focuses on fostering a free mental attitude, will discuss the nuances of reconciliation, growth and introspective sensitivity and relate these to the aspects of Arkham Meditation. Dr. Holan, who is a psychiatrist and M. Professor Emeritus, Faculty of Medicine at the Norwegian University of Science and Technology, has taught Arkham Meditation to tens of thousands of individuals in Europe, Asia and the US, either personally or through others for over 50 years. He is an internationally renowned expert in post-traumatic stress and has written scientific articles on meditation and specifically on the neurophysiological impact that non-directive meditation has on the body and brain. Here is Dr. Holin on his article on Reconciliation, Growth and Introspective Sensitivity, published by Arkim. Dr. Holin, let's begin by understanding what you mean by reconciliation. How does it differ from, say, resignation or just being realistic and giving up on one's expectations? Well, re reconciliation is not to give up. It's rather a way of coming to terms with, uh, restore a kind of harmony and accept one's life and destiny as it is without feeling um, that you have lost uh, the positive aspects of yourself. So it's a way of finding an acceptance. Reconciliation in, the, in its essence is, re is acceptance. Acceptance of those things in life that changes without you being able to control it. Those things in life such as aging, such as uh, changes in the environment, a certain part of nature that might hit you, things like that. And reconciliation is therefore an important part of being able to get to terms with things in your existence. Yes, getting to terms is, you know, is about, you know, acceptance. But how do we know that we have genuinely reconciled, you know, with a, with a loss? Will this feeling change over time or as we age? You know, is there more reconciliation later? Maybe you could tell us the qualities of re reconciliation. If we take, um, start with the loss, loss of a close person, um, of course, it's natural and reasonable that we have a time for sorrow, for mourning, for grief, for bereavement over the loss of that person. And gradually, as we go along, we will somehow accept the loss and continue. That means that the loss will always be there as a point of 
of uncomfortable feelings, but nevertheless, we are able to go forward, look forward, without rushing forward, without trying to put it aggressively behind us and, and force ourselves to not look back. It's rather to get to terms with it and accept it, accept the loss, and thereby enrich our existence and the depth of, of, of life by being able to reconcile. So reconciliation is a, a basic element of maturity. It's a basic element of growing older. Uh, we can see that uh, reconciliation on one hand and growth on the other are two sides of the same maturational process that takes place in human beings. The younger years of life, then growth is the most important part, to conquer the world, to establish a relationship with a partner, to be able to have a career or pay one's way and, and be able to be an adult uh, um, citizen that can contribute to his family, to surroundings, and so to society at large. And that is uh, to use one's capacities, one's skills, and build a kind of merit, a kind of self-esteem based on merit, achievements, not just uh, career-wise, but also relationship-wise. As we grow, these things become a bit less important as we reach the mid-phase of life. And as we grow older, the re reconciliation part plays a bigger and a bigger role in the maturational process. Growth is always important, but less so later on. Uh, reconciliation is important also early on in life, but less so and becomes more important with time, with age. So these two go hand in hand in the, uh, in the maturational process, the psychological growth of human beings. Yeah, so, um, so you are basically saying that there is a relationship between personal growth and reconciliation. Um, you have said that in you know, um, meditation creates an introspective sensitivity and promotes incremental personality development. That it creates both a capacity to grow and a capacity for reconciliation. And you talked about the connection through maturation just now. Um, how do you develop this capacity for reconciliation? Well, there are many ways. Um... And uh, life in itself usually is a good school for learning how to reconcile with what happens to you, both with regard to your successes, but also to your losses. But in addition to that, we can say that reconciliation is a psychological uh, process of events. Uh, with a flexibility and a deeper acceptance of things. And that is a psychological challenge to work on. And meditation, Arca meditation, will 
uh, involve a human being's mind in challenges related exactly to this. There are different kinds of meditation and the non-directive uh, meditation the Darkham belongs to in that you are not supposed to concentrate, you are not supposed to, to steer, rather you are to stop interfering with the default network of the mind, that means with the wandering mind, and in the wandering mind things pop up that are filled with or rife with uh, residuals from your experiences. And by being able to accept them and to let them pass without interfering too much, that is the training, the basic training of Akka meditation. And that is also, if you translate it into the external life, it's a way of accepting events, happenings, both the positive and the negative, and be able to, in, to a larger extent, accept life as it is coming to you. Yep, that's interesting because in your article you've also mentioned an important point and um, that over time meditating expands internally what may be called existential honesty. A genuine, unmanipulated, uncompensated understanding of the self. So would you say that this existential honesty is also, in a sense, a component of reconciliation? Achieving this existential honesty also gets you closer to uh, reconciliation? Yes, absolutely. And when we talk about it in this sense, reconciliation is about the self, um, the me-me relationship. I mean the me-you relationship, that's the interpersonal relationship, but this is how I see myself, how I think about myself, how I feel about myself. When a person is depressed, he's not very accepting to himself. He looks at himself with rather negative views and eyes. And But um, in the uh, when you reach a state of reconciliation, you accept yourself with what is your strength and what is your not-so-good things, things that you regret that you've done, said, etc. And also, there is an acceptance, not just of the self and the history that I have behind me, but also the changes that takes place in my body as I grow older, as my organs start to get uh, weary, they function not so well, I get tired more quickly, things like that. And also, along the way, we lose relationships, sometimes because people die, sometimes because of conflict that people leave us. And, of course, a loss can be a fall, a permanent fall, and a person never is able to rise again, then the person is not reconciled after a certain period of mourning. The person is devastated by the loss. Reconciliation, however, is a way of accepting that there are losses um, in your life that you will have to just accept.
And the same goes for your social position in the family, in your business or in society. It goes with uh, also to be able to accept nature and destiny and conditions, as I said a little earlier, that are out of your control because this is a part of those changing processes that goes on for every human being in a variety of different ways, but nevertheless, nobody escapes the cycle from uh, coming into the world and growing and expanding and at some time starting to wind down and face your own exit from this existence. And growing older can make you bitter, can make you angry and, uh, and uh, look upon those that are younger with contempt and uh, have a need to discount them in a variety of ways. While if you reconcile, you accept somebody takes over. You don't want to compete with the younger ones necessarily. You can do uh, for, for joy, but not out of bitterness or out of, of feeling that you are a loser, but rather this sense of self, the reconciled self, is able to have a larger view of what is important in life. It's not so much me and mine, my things and my uh, possessions, it's, it's society, it's mankind, it's, it's uh, an altruistic uh, aspect that comes with that maturity and that makes your losses and the continuation of life by others okay. Death will always be something you want to escape. Uh, some uh, author in this country called it your final foe. And there will always be some unwillingness to give up life. And that's, that's not against uh, reconciliation, to let oneself go and give up and, and all that. But, but at some point... We'll all get, always get there and to be able to accept that and pass on, expire. Yeah, so you've said a lot of things here, you know, so many elements that you have brought out. One was the question of, uh, you know, the anger and depression, sense of, you know, contempt that one might feel against the young as one ages, you know, this low sense of, you know, I, I feel that there is a discussion here about self-esteem then, you know, um, and, and reconciliation. Could you expand a little bit on how one can really uh, stay grounded to the self, uh, you know, despite, say, the aging process or any other losses that are occurring around one? Well, it's a way of building an identity, hmm. a, a sense of self, a self-esteem that is okay and not defined from outside and in, but rather build a self-esteem 
that is established inside you and that doesn't depend so much on achievements being uh, appreciated by people around you and all that. There's a certain strength, not that those things shouldn't matter, they do and should, but, but you don't depend on it. And that's the essential difference, that this self-esteem, this sense of self, is, has processed the changes that have taken place and regained a balance, a harmony with oneself, in spite of the losses that you might have had. And meditation helps drive this process. Meditation builds, is an existential training in a way. It's an existential way of accepting whatever comes, whatever is there, not in a passive way, but, but in an adaptive way. Be able to, to, uh, to be on top of things uh, in a quiet, reflective sense and therefore be able to come to terms with it. So, in that, um, there is less distress, there is less, there is no sense of harmness, uh, there is an acceptance, there is a broader vision of existence, and the capacity to deal with losses is well established. Life is a losing game. And uh, if we don't manage to deal with life, we will go through certain crises. Uh, psychological crises that is related to the lack of reconciliation, perhaps the first and most major one is the midlife crisis. When a person has reached uh, midlife, and realizes that he, she is no longer as young, as capable as he, she used to be, and senses in a way that you don't think about much when you are in your 20s and 30s, that life has an end. And this is often a time also, at least in the Western countries, where your parents are approaching death. So there is a strong reminder out there also, if not in your family, so in the families of friends and relatives and others. So the midlife crisis is this lack of acceptance. It's the time where uh, those going to the cosmetic surgeons, um, the number of people who go to them is going up. It's the time when people try to find the, the uh, fight the gravity uh, that uh, pulls them uh, somewhere in the leg, and um, and of course it's nothing wrong in trying to fight age and and stay young, but the psychological acceptance of it that will lead to the midlife crisis, the depression that goes with it, and that life seems to be 
without meaning, without direction. When I cannot identify myself with the young and the, 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 the progressive ones only. Right. Uh, I would also at this. I I, I think at, um, maybe this is the right point because you have talked about um, this uh, ap approaching death. This the idea that okay, coming to terms with the idea of your mortality, that uh, that's where the toughest part comes in of reconciliation. You know. Um, is this is if this is linked to your the universality theme that you talked about of going looking beyond me myself and in my immediate surroundings, um, is would that really help ease our way into accepting the idea of mortality? Absolutely, to to not put yourself first. Uh, but to be able to, to deal with challenges within the family of the younger members, support them, guide them, help them, uh, but not only limited to the family, but also in a broader sense, if you have the capacity for that. That is a way of, of taking care of existence, not just in yourself, but uh, existence and trying to add something positive to it in a much larger sense. And um, not everyone is capable of doing that very far, but everyone can do it to some extent. And by being involved in existence on that level will somehow feel like a kind of redemption, a kind of relief, a kind of meaning uh, that I have left some footprints that are of help and service, not to mankind at large, but, but at least to those in my immediate surroundings, to be a positive, contributing person. Oui. Coming back to our meditation from this aspect of reconciliation, um, a central principle of our meditation is that is that of establishing a free mental attitude. Could you expand that on a, a bit, and of course connected to the process of reconciliation? Yes, a free mental attitude is a non-concentration way of meditating. Most meditations build on the principle of concentrator, of steering the mind, of controlling the mind. While in Arkham meditation, you use a meditation sound. It doesn't mean anything, but it nevertheless is very important for making you relax on a deeper central, uh, in a central manner and, and that releases thoughts, processes, that releases residuals from the past, and you are able to process them. That means, in, an, in this language, that you are less invested, less hung up on, on uh, the insufficient part of your life, the unresolved issues in your life, you get to terms with them. It doesn't mean that you resolve everything, but it means that it, it um, 
influences you less. It keeps you um, more tuned to to stay on, and thereby you come to an acceptance. So it's a training also in non being non-judgmental, an acceptance of the flow of awareness, and in a broader sense. That is an identity that is inclusive of who am I, how are others. It's related to race, to ethnicity, to the worldviews that are occupying you. And you have a greater acceptance for this diversity that is out there as long as they basically are not of a polarizing nature, but are ready and willing, in essence, to integrate the diversity that life is so full of. Yes, I think that um, beautifully sums up, um, you know, re reconciliation, introspective sensitivity. Um, so thank you very much, um, Dr. Holland, for this lovely discussion. Thank you for having me.